Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Yeah, so um, as you can see, stand against the devil. I'm really going to just be tackling that tonight about standing because Ephesians, as I'll go through it with you, is all about standing in Ephesians 6. And I'm going to start off with a story. Um, those of you that saw the, the movie War Room, Priscilla Shire, she's the main actress in that movie. I heard her three years ago at a women's conference, and, and she, she gave an analogy, a story, about um, their church held what they call a trunk and treat. Okay? So what happens in a trunk and treat is that it's like it was over Halloween period. They wanted all the kids there. So the parents open up the boots of their car and they make games out of the boots of their car. And there's a game called um, Whack-A-Mole. I don't know if those of you are... So anyway, um, I don't know if you, those of you that know those like panel vans. There was, there was one family that had taken a panel van and they had taken probably like a board wider than this, than these desks, and put six holes in them. And then they draped material over it and put holes in the material, like basically over where those holes were. And three adults sat underneath there with puppets on their hands and were like, you know, whack a mole, you've got to take a, a hammer and then hit the mole on the head and then they just keep popping back again. So they, they were these moles for the kids. So, yeah, that's just a picture of whack a mole and then the van. So they put steps basically going up into the van and then the kids would jump onto the steps and then get in and then stand to the side like this and then whack these moles. And she said there was a little boy that was in the queue behind her and he was moaning with his mom like, why do I have to stand in this line? And this line is so long, mom. And, and look, guy, the mole, you hit it and it just keeps coming back. Why are we standing here? This is really irritating. And he was on and on and on. And she said before anybody could do anything, this little boy shot past them and ripped the material off the top of this tabletop. And she said the amusing thing was they were like the three adults sitting with like their hands up like this. But you know what? She makes two very, very important I, I just was so moved with that, and I had to repeat this, what she says. There is always something you can't see controlling the things that you can see. And in life, you know what? That is exactly what the enemy does. He keeps you looking around at your circumstances and tries to be, he says, you have an enemy, and he's very real, and he's banking on the idea that you will forget he's there. He really is, and he is the one responsible. So let's go back to Ephesians 6. Paul talks three times and he mentions the word standing, but before that he talks about principalities, powers against rulers of this dark age, against spiritual hosts. Basically what he's doing in that, he's basically just talking about the demonic powers, the chains of command that we have. Don't take a humanistic view in this world and think that everything is human, it's not, okay? A lot of what is happening to us, the Bible's very clear, we are not fighting flesh and blood, we wrestle against these things. So we want to blame our bosses, our neighbor, our spouses, our kids. Really, you have an enemy and he is really banking that you will forget that he's there. Having done all stand, 
three times, three times in Ephesians, he says, stand. I want you to note that awesome warrior, because that's what you look like in the spiritual realm. Get a picture of that. You know, the, um, when, when Paul mentions this, a soldier in Ephesians, the first century believers knew what a Roman soldier looked like. They were around everywhere. So for them, it was easy to identify with all the weapons of the warfare he was talking about. But for us, it's a little bit harder because we don't see these guys walking around all, all the time. But what I love about it is that he mentions standing three times. But if you go through the word, if you get your Bible and you just do a word search on stand, there are so many instances where the Bible says we need to stand. Stand in faith, stand in divine election, stand in God's ability, in the presence of his glory, you must stand in the gospel. Stand on the word of God. Stand on liberty. You are free people. Stand in the truths of what he's spoken about in the first five chap chapters of Ephesians. And I think that's critical for us to realize. Six books, five on who we are and one on spiritual warfare. That should give us some indication, guys, how important it is for us to stand on knowing who we are before we go into this battle. Listen, if you don't know who you are, you are going to be flat in the water before you even start. Because they, he is... <laughs> come on. He, he tackled Jesus with the word. Satan. Tackled the Son of God with the word. And Jesus answered him back every single time. Satan, it is written. On three occasions, Satan, it is written. He didn't try and say, listen, I'm the Son of God. Listen, come. What, what do you think you're saying? He quoted, he quoted the Old Testament. He knew the Old Testament. Now, if Jesus quoted the Old Testament, how much more do we need to know where we stand? Okay, so there's many examples of how we are to stand. The belt of truth. I can't, I can't express this more than what I really have. With truth, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If Jesus called himself the truth, know Jesus, and Jesus will set you free. The truth is so important to us. The word of God is truth. We need to get that into us. You know, I was reading just before I got you um, a Bill Johnson book that he's released, and, it's, and he basically is the battles in the mind. He's written a book on the battles in the mind. Guys, there's so many things. Yeah, it's spiritual. Andrew Womack says, I'm one-third Holy Spirit. I'm wall-to-wall -wall Holy Spirit. Okay, then I'm flesh and, and my soul's there. But you are one-third Spirit and the battle is in the Spirit realm. We need to know who we are. We need to know the truth. The awesome thing, the belt's put on first before anything else because <laughs> unless you know the truth, why are you going to put on the rest of the armor? You'll see why the belt's so important and why we need to know that we have this. Righteousness. I don't know about you, but before grace came, I used to strive to be right with God. I, I once um, saw a picture of a guy pulling a daisy. And when, when things were going good with me, I used to think God was happy with me. And when things were going bad with me, I used to think God was bad. Like, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. And there was this striving and I went to a conference, and three times, three times in that conference, people said to me in three different ways, 
One said to me, I just see a bed. Another one said to me, I just get this word rest. Just go and rest. And another one was like, I see, you know, one of those beds with the four pillars and the mosquito net over it? I see that. And, and I was like, okay, I get the message, rest. Because, you know, that armor, the armor, the, all the armor, it weighed about 30, 30 kgs. That breastplate weighed about 10 kgs. God's standard of righteousness is very high. It's way too high for us to attain. And if you're going to try and carry that righteousness by yourself, that, that breastplate actually rested on the belt of truth. And the truth is that 2,000 years ago, the word says that God made, made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. And that's, you've got to get that truth, that you are righteous. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to try and earn it. By faith, you have it because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Okay, so it's so important to know these things. The shoes of peace. They put nails underneath. That's what those bubbles are on, just to keep them like not being able to slip. But I love, I love the shoes of peace because we are a people of peace. And, and Paul mentions twice, or he actually quotes from Isaiah when he speaks in Romans, where he says, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Then I was at the comrades yesterday, and I could see the, the end runners just really, really tired. Do you know, I went to four of them, no, not, not all at the same time individually, and I just encouraged them with the word of God. Not one, not one turned me away, not one said, well, I, I asked them, do you know Jesus? Yes. I said, you know what? Right now, I just feel like I want to say this to you. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Know that you've got joy. You've got legs. You, you've got this beautiful surrounding, and you've got this massive hole in front of you. But you know what? See it with joy, and, and know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And she's going, amen, amen, as I'm saying it to her. Another guy, he was like, I, I feel so weak, and I don't know why I'm doing this. I've got kids at home, and I've got a, a wife, and, and I don't know why I'm doing this because I feel so weak. And I said to him, you know what? Stand on the word of God. I said, because when we are weak, his strength is made perfect in us. I said, it's not your weakness that you need to worry about. Know that God's strength will get you through this. Guys, we carry that peace when we go anywhere. We change atmospheres when we go places. We should. People see that in you. I can't tell you how people see that in you. They see it in you. They, they see the atmosphere that surrounds you, that you walk with, and they are hungry for it. They're hungry for it. People will not. I've seen it. When you go in with sincerity and you go in with really like, Lord, I've got something to share and I want to give it to somebody because people are hungry for the truth. Okay, we, we've got those feet. The shield of faith. Faith. Faith is so important. In fact, Jesus says, when I come back, will I find faith? That's important to Jesus. It should be really, really important to us. Do you know when the disciples tried to drive out um, the, the demon from that one little boy and they couldn't? And um, Jesus came and the, the father said to him, he says, you know what, do you have faith? He says, yes, I have faith, but help me with my unbelief. Do you know, Jesus even said to the disciples when they asked why they couldn't drive out the demons, he said, 
Such things come out through prayer and fasting. He wasn't talking about the demon coming out through prayer and fasting. He was talking about their unbelief. And you know, there's two truths that I find the church doesn't speak about too often. I'm not saying this church, but the church in general doesn't speak about too often. And I also find that if they do, a lot of people shut, though the walls come up like this. And I, and I think that's hence why the church doesn't speak about it. That faith comes through prayer and fasting. If you get sick and your first thought is medicine or doctor, and please hear me in this. I'm not judging you, and I, I'm there at times. If your thought is not Jesus Christ is my healer, my physician, first, then my question to you is, are you suffering with unbelief? <laughs> Guys, I can't say it any other way. That should be, he should be our first point of call. In those situations, when sickness comes, we should be saying, Jesus, you are our healer. My kids tell me they've got a headache. My hand goes up first to rebuke that pain, to rebuke that sickness. And you know what? So what? If we're not there yet and we've got to go and take a tablet, I'm not feeling convicted. But at least I'm walking and, and doing what I have to because the breakthrough will come. The breakthrough will come. Okay, if the disciples walked with Jesus, heck, three years, and they were still suffering with unbelief, we're in a world that just screams unbelief on everything. Hey? But we don't walk according to the systems of this world. We are not from this kingdom. We are ambassadors of heaven. We carry truth. We carry healing. We carry all these things inside of us. Let's walk with that faith of who we are. Okay. That is the body of Christ. That's why it's so important that we don't get offended with one another. <laughs> we don't, we walk with uh, humility and we humble and we're patient with one another and we care for one another. Okay, we submit to one another. The, the body of Christ is huge and I love that because it's a, it's a little platoon. It's like our home groups. It's like our life groups. That's where they know each other, that, that platoon. They've, sh they've shared personal things with one another. They've prayed for each other's weaknesses and, and, and celebrated each other's strengths and celebrated victories and cried in, in situations. They knew each other. Home groups are so, so, so important. Okay, the helmet of salvation. Guys, I'm sorry I'm running through this so fast. It's just that there, there's so many things. I've written this all in your notes. In fact, in your notes, you've got more than what's on the screen because there's so much in it. But uh, the important thing is um, Golgotha means the place of the skull. If you look at, at Jesus having victory on Golgotha, where he, was, where he was killed, the place of the skull, where do we need our victory? The place of our minds. Okay, where our skull is. It is a battle because here's where the thoughts come and, and they come. And none of us are immune to it. I mean, this last week, I don't know how Steve does it. I, I'm just two teachings, and I felt like, God help me. <laughs> the attacks. But you know what, hey? When they come, the Bible talks about a spirit of heaviness. And, and we get it. I don't know about you, but man, it comes on me at times when I'm least expecting it. I can be happy. I can be 
full of joy and and sometimes especially in the morning on the way to church when you've got the family in the car and the suddenly boom the spirit of and you suddenly start worrying about everything and it's like did you do this and did you do that and then it's like that and then we're moaning at each other and yelling at each other and it's like hey when that spirit comes sometimes i'm at home alone and i just want to go and climb under the duvet and hide myself under the duvet and and like (sighs) I'm not a depressed person I'm not I've got the joy of the Lord and if I don't recognize that spirit when it comes I'll stay under that duvet too many people are suffering with depression kick depression up the butt and back to hell it doesn't belong on us we are a joyous people we carry his joy we are full of that and if you don't think you've got it, go get Andrew Womack's book. You already have it because you seriously have got it. Okay. Um, I am ahead. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. I told you about Jesus. You know, he quoted from Deuteronomy 8, he quoted from Deuteronomy 16, and he quoted from Deuteronomy 6 when he said, Satan, it is written. So he quoted, he quoted the word of God. If Jesus quoted the word of God, how much should we? You know, a truth that came to me a long time ago was, if God made us in his image, and he spoke the world into existence, and I'm made in his image, surely I speak my life into existence, and I speak either death or life over my situations? He's my father, and if he speaks, I speak. And you know what? When you speak his word, the word said it becomes a double-edged sword, cutting through, because it's God's word coming out of your mouth, and that's where the double-edged comes in. It's two-mouthed. That word in the Greek means two-mouthed. God's mouth out of your mouth. If that's all you ever know in life is the word of God, and you get that truth, and he comes at you with finances or whatever. The word is powerful, powerful, powerful. Oh, man, that sword. So, so, so powerful. Prayer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, um, I was about 20 and I went to a Benny Hinn conference. And he had um, two chairs on either end of the stage. And he explained how, I don't know if any of you have read that book, Good Morning Holy Spirit, but he explained how when he first became a Christian, how he used to spend time in the Word, and he would pray, and what he had to do is like get rid of distractions. So I want to encourage you in your prayer, in your prayer life, if you don't have an established prayer life, start getting one, okay? There are numerous examples. Those examples are all in your notes. There are numerous examples of people getting up early in the morning and spending time with the Lord. Moses, Jacob, Joshua, Jesus, all got up early in the morning and spent time with the Lord. In Psalm 57, it says, Awake, my glory, awake, flute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you amongst the people. 
mornings are just good because they, there's no distractions. It's quiet. It's peaceful. No one really phones too early in the morning. Um, I don't know. I've just found it's a great time for me. Um, I know some people are not early risers. I'm looking at my daughter <laughs> at the back there. But then she'll, she'll do that later at night. So it's really it's what it what works for you. I'm I'm not very good at night, so thank God I'm good at times. But at times I'm not. I just want to get to sleep. So um, I find waking up early in the morning is good. Putting away distractions. Have a pen and paper. Um, write down things that are worrying you. You know the mind is a powerful thing, and um, what happens is that we often we'll get reminded things in our mind, like, oh, I've got a doctor's appointment, and you're trying to pray, and then you're remembering, I've got a doctor's appointment, oh, I must do this, I must do that. Have a pen and paper, write those things down. Because if you get rid of the distractions straight away, you're able to deal with um, the there and now. Okay, so start praying the word. Be thankful. So, so, so important to be thankful. I love reminding the devil of the things that God has done for me. The Bible says you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Not anybody else's testimony, your testimony. What has God done for you in your past? Remember those things. Write them down and remind yourself of those things. Remind yourself of those things. Remind God of those things. You know, God has a book of remembrance where he remembers all those things. And he says, um, I'm trying to think who he was talking to when he said it, um, it came up, I think it was Cornelius, you're giving to the poor and everything you've done has come up as a remembrance to me. You know, and, and God wants to bless us. He doesn't remember the things we don't do and the things we should have done. He remembers the good things about us. So write those things down and worship him and give him the glory because he really, really is worthy of all our worship. And we know that for those who love him, God works all things together for those who are called according to his purpose. Don't be quick to quote that scripture with unbelievers. It says that for those who are called according to his purpose, people forget that part of that verse. We are called according to his purpose. When you're walking and you, you are speaking and walking the, the, the walk that he's called you to walk, you're walking according to his purpose and you can claim that verse. That's your verse. And he will take and work all things out for your good. Guys, I can't express to you enough how important it is to know all these things before you, you begin to fight. I, I'm going to give you two situations that happened to me. One when I was about... I just joined the police. I was about 20, and I was walking through Medwood Gardens. I had my cell phone in my hand and my wallet, and my cell phone was brand new, and I, had, I just bought some bread. And this guy ran past me and yanked my cell phone and my wallet out my hand. Boom. And I got the fright of my life, but I chased him, and I yelled at him, and, and he stopped, and then he realized I was chasing him. So he came at me with a knife, so I threw my bread at him. And long story short, <laughs> some other guys caught him, and I got my stuff back. But you know, for months and probably... Years after that, if someone ran past me quickly, I got a fright. That fear followed me. That situation followed me. Ten years down the line, I'm sitting in my office. I was running a, a real estate office, and I had two guys in the office with me at the time. It was 6 o'clock in the evening. 
We were getting all ready to pack up and knock at the door. A guy says, oh, he's lost his way and he needs us to just show him on the map where he needs to go. So I figured, oh, well, we've got a big map on the wall. So the one agent let him in and showed him. And he walked back to the door. And as he got to the door, he didn't step the whole way out. He kind of went like this, looked at the side. And I was watching him. And at that moment, I realized we were going to become victims of an armed robbery. And this guy walked in, walked straight up to me, obviously had been watching us, put the gun to my head and marched me through to my office. All my stuff was there. And I was like, please don't take my laptop. He's got all my photos on. And he said to me, I'm sure it's backed up. And I looked at him and I thought, you know what? I've had so many prayers and in my prayers I rebuke things that come at me. So I'm going to rebuke him. So I looked at him and I said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And in hindsight, I should have like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You know what? Somehow I didn't have that courage (laughs) to do it right there and then. But you know the difference for me was, The moment they left, this is what I did. I said, Lord, he heard and his three friends heard the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I pray tonight while they are asleep that that name, they will hear it again. And that they will know the love and the forgiveness and the goodness in that name. That that name will sound sweet to them. I just pray, Lord, you know them. They are your sons. And I pray your goodness somehow, Father, that you will take this situation and that you will show them your love and your faithfulness and your goodness. Whatever they've gone through, and however the enemies used them, Father, in the past, obviously they haven't come from good homes. But, Lord, I'm asking you to turn their situation around. I started praying for them. And then I prayed for the other two guys that were with me and for myself, just that God would protect our hearts, that he wouldn't allow bitterness to come in and anger to come in and these things to come in. And do you know when, when Open Doors came to come and counsel us, she looked at me, she spoke to me for about a minute, and she said, oh, you're fine, you can go. I never had one day of fear after that, not one day, a difference in how I was standing. One, without the knowledge of God, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. And one, with 10 years of experience, or at that stage about 15 years of experience in the kingdom, reading the word, knowing the word. At this church, I often used to sit at the back, too afraid to come and pray for people. I started studying at Karis Bible College. That's 39 subjects, 8 hours for each subject. You work that out, how many hours that is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That was the word in me for all those hours. Suddenly, I forget about myself and I start realizing what I have and the power that's inside of me. Jesus, the hope of glory, is inside of me. And I carry that glory and I carry that power and I carry that authority. And if I dare sit on my bum whilst someone needs prayer, Shame on me. (laughs) Seriously. When you know, that's why you know what, I commend Steve for taking up this, for allowing these training sessions to take place. Because you know what, unless unless people are grounded in the word and they know the word, they'll not get the victory in the mission field out there. They'll not know that they have got the authority to pray for people. The other word that I really believe 
and I never mentioned it was tithing, because tithing didn't go away with grace. And I really believe people are in bondage when it comes to giving, because tithing is the only thing, and money is the only thing God talks about where he says, test me on this. And he tested that young chap where the young guy said, but I keep this law and keep that law and keep that law. And then Jesus said to him, sell everything you have and go and give it to the poor. See, Jesus was interested in what was happening inside his heart. When it comes to our money, we all want to close up. Don't talk to me about my money. But you know what? God's very interested in your money. And he says, bring the tithe to the storehouse and see how I will open the floodgates of heaven to you. The word of God is powerful, powerful. We need to take the truth. You know, the devil doesn't just throw a blanket out there and go, woohoo, let me see who I can catch today. The Bible says he sits and he schemes. He looks at you and he goes, how can I get Nita? She has a daughter. Let me see how I can get her through her daughter. He watches you. He knows your weaknesses. He, the Lord gave me a dream two years before my divorce of wolves attacking me. Even then, I didn't know who I was. For I had, you know what? This intimacy and in who we are with Jesus, that relationship with God, man, when you know who you are, you don't have to worry about the devil. We are in a war, yeah? You have to fight. When it comes to the things you have to fight, when it comes to your family, you've got to speak the word of God over them. And that part of that standing is that that's your warfare. That's who we are. But seriously, the, the, your heavenly Father will not allow you to face anything that you are not prepared for. Okay. He will help you and he will warn you. He will give you dreams. He will speak to you. My sheep hear my voice. They listen. Just be honest with him. Get to him, get with him. Lord, help me to have ears to hear you. If your sheep hear you, Lord, I want to hear you. Give me ears to hear you, Father. Okay, the word is so full of promises, guys. If you're worried about fear, about your safety and your security, there are so many verses about, about that. So many verses. The word is full of it. Um, I've got almost no minutes left, but I'm just going to say this very quickly. That standard bearer, that's in your notes too. Um, in Isaiah, he says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I will raise up a standard for you. Jesus is our standard. Okay. He's our standard bearer. That standard bearer was different to every other soldier. He was braver. He had um, other jobs that more dangerous jobs than just a normal soldier had. He had a headpiece that distinguished him from other soldiers. And you know what was awesome about him? It says he was literate and good with numbers, so he was put in charge of the banking. When God says things in the Word, we need to realize what he's saying. When he says he's our standard bearer, he has got our finances. He's in charge of the pensions. Heck, when he went running, the soldiers ran after him because they knew there was their pension going. They had to protect him. Okay. But funnies aside, he's got your health. He's got your finances. Healing. He's got it. Okay. He was paid twice as much. Our father is rich. Rich, rich, rich. 
Isaiah, that's that scripture I just spoke to you about. That, um, that 50 BC invasion of Britain, that's exactly what happened. In fact, the British um, were floundering a bit against the cults. And the signifier, also known as the standard bearer, threw the standard into the attacking, occult, into the attacking cults. And the whole army like, got a fright and charged after to go and protect the standard. And um, they landed up winning. Okay, but I, I just think that's really powerful, that when you stand in battle, when you're facing things in your life, you have got a standard bearer that is standing before you. Okay, and he's with you in that, and he's got you covered.